Hi, listeners. I want to tell you about a cause that I'm involved with at Heritage Radio Network. HRN is celebrating its 15th year, and to celebrate, we're deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Osiris. Welcome to Wheels Off, a show about the messy reality of the creative life. I'm Rhett Miller. Suze Slezak is an artist. She makes music, she plays fiddle, she plays guitar, she makes quilts. She is the mother of a couple of great kids. She is the partner to David Wax, Wheels Off guest. She's an old friend of mine, although she's still quite young. She's somebody I really admire. Her new album, Our Wings May Be Featherless, is her debut solo album, and it's really beautiful. And I don't just mean sonically. It's also really beautiful in the way that she is addressing her own journey her own journey with mental illness. She talks in this interview, you're about to hear a lot about her bipolar diagnosis and the way she's dealt with that, you know, being a parent, being an artist in this world. She's a really deep, compassionate person. She's really engaged. And um, I feel really lucky to count her among my friends. And I feel really lucky that I'm able to interview her for Wheels Off and share that interview with you. Please welcome to Wheels Off, Suze Slezak. Welcome to Wheels Off, Suze Slezak. Thank you so much for joining me. Oh, my pleasure, Rhett. Um, for the edification of our listeners, from where are you joining us? I'm here in my little attic studio in Charlottesville, Virginia. Boy, it looks really like bright and well-organized and nice. It looks really nice there through you mean through your little camera yeah it's i mean it's a house with two little kids and um we're in transition because we just built this new bigger music studio in our backyard so but for now it's still very cozy and bright it's true boy i've been keeping um abreast of the progress of that music studio and it seems incredible is it does it feel like a life's work it feels i mean it feels like it came out of nowhere i don't I don't think we could have imagined something so big and beautiful in our backyard, um, but it came from 
a gift from this benefactor and all this fan support to make it happen during the pandemic. So it's really, it's such a shock that I still walk out into this beautiful, expansive, tall, bright building and kind of gasp. (laughs) You're like, where, where am I? And I like see my back porch full of toddler toys and remember. Um, So congratulations on our wings may be featherless. I think it's so great that you're making this record and it's, it's so beautiful and vulnerable and all the things that you want art to be. And, um, but now that it's in the can, I'm wondering sort of like right now, is there, what creative project are you working on and how does it light you up? Hmm. Actually in a few hours, I'm having two wonderful um, musician friends from Charlottesville, Devin Sproul and Lauren Goins join me for a weekend in the, in the new studio. We're going to pull some mattresses out there and set up our instruments and sing. It's this beautiful live room. It's like 25 feet tall or something. It's um, and see what happens with three women mothers um, who have a night off and maybe two nights off. We're going to go with the flow and see how we do, but we're going to, sing and play and write write some songs together so that is really meaningful and new a new thing that we get to do with this space and I'm quilting and that's firing me up um I you know woke up in a dream yesterday morning with a song and tried to like scratch it down as soon as possible I don't think I got all of it but (laughs) I'm in a more stable place um mentally and and honestly, the time at home has helped with that to really get regular sleep and not be traveling in a van <laughs> most of the year. So it's been a really stabilizing time. So I feel like more than ever, when I have an idea, I can actually pursue it. And and for those uh, listening that may not know this, you guys often, when y'all travel, you have both of your kids with you. Yeah. I mean, 95% of the time. Yeah. Yeah. And often either my dad or a road nanny or someone to help wrangle them while since David and I both perform at the same time on stage. You don't just set them on the side of the stage and say, don't go anywhere. You know, they're old <laughs> enough to finally do that this, this year that, you know, they're five and eight now. So I was like, maybe we could just put them in jammies in the green room, like set them up with Peppa Pig or whatever they're watching these days. And see how it goes. <laughs> Um, boy, I love the the way you describe your plan to get together with um, your two friends and sing and write songs. And it really reminds me of, and we've all experienced this before, you you know, you guys and, and me together, it's just this idea that this life that we chose, it really offers these um, things that are technically work that are really just these beautiful moments to connect with and, and create with your friends and loved ones. Yeah. And don't you feel like it's also that we have the schedule, we create our own schedule to a, to a large degree, except when we're touring, I guess. So I feel like, you know, we all just had these weekends that we're we're all professional touring touring musicians. So nobody has an office job or a a boss calling them or on Monday morning. So it's, we feel really lucky to be able to make that space. Um, So I know, like, I'm trying to think of how old, you guys were when I first met you. I feel like you were so young. Anyway, I know you've been doing this since you were really, really young. And um, I wonder if you think back on the earliest days of you identifying as a musician, um, was there like an epiphany moment where you knew this was what you wanted to do with your life? Did you always envision this? 
Um, or did you think you were going to go down some other path and then you were surprised later by this becoming your reality? I played music my entire life and, you know, took lessons since I was four and piano and violin. So it was something that was such a fabric of my life. I didn't think I would ever pursue it as a career or a lifestyle. I just thought it was kind of what you did. And I knew I would marry a musician for sure. I remember distinctly distinctly being like, how could I, how could I even date someone who doesn't play the guitar? I mean, seriously. Oh my God. (laughs) Um, But I didn't think, I didn't think I'd pursue it. And I guess the first, it's sort of two answers to that. One is um, during my first kind of real bout of mania in my early 20s, it was all about, I mean, the kind of flow, expansive, nice part of mania was all about like, oh my God, I'm actually an artist and everybody's an artist and I'm, I can write songs and I have all these skills on instruments and I can sing and um, a real you know, I'd grab my little guitar, $100 guitar from the pawn, Snooky's pawn shop and sit on the downtown mall in Charlottesville and um, busk, you know, on my little rug and people would pay me. And I thought that was so cool, but I couldn't pay my rent because I was like totally cycling and not in a good space. And then, you know, years later when I met David and we, we were um, starting to tour for Carpenter Bird in 2009 it was like the second week on the road and we were falling in love. And I just realized this one moment, like on, I don't know, it's probably like 81 in Pennsylvania, like driving along in our borrowed minivan (laughs) being like, Oh, we could actually do this. And I've always wanted to have kids as part of my life and woven in and not this in a separate box. Like this is my career. This is my kids. Um, And so I remember sort of like seeing our future kind of roll out before us. And he remembers that moment too. And just feeling like we're going to just do, this is what we're doing now. And like never looking back to my office job where I thought I was going to grad school or whatever else I had in mind. God, I think that's so beautiful. Ah, you got me choked up a little bit. That's so sweet. (laughs) But I think it really speaks to this thing that's a part of, probably all artistic disciplines, but I really think of it in terms of musicians, right? Like we we have to trust our instincts and follow them, you know, like unquestioningly, uh, you know, whether that means um, as you're performing an improvisational piece of music, as you're writing and figuring out what's the next word, what's the next note, next chord. But, right. but I, I do feel like for a lot of the musicians, I know that it really does translate into a life skill where you're able to make a decision like that and see it and feel it and not second guess it and not like just agonize over these decisions. You make them and you move on. Does does that feel right? Uh, Totally. Well, just because all these voices are like, you're going to do what? What about grad (laughs) school? What about your college education that we paid for? I mean, those external things, I feel like it's been such a work in progress for me to be like, quiet. I'm doing this thing. And I don't know if it's the right thing, but I think it is. So be quiet. (laughs) Well, there's never any shortage of logical, well-meaning voices telling you to abandon your dreams, especially when they're so unlikely. Right. I think that's true. Even though I think people also love the romance of what David and I did and are doing. So I think there's also this whole crowd of voices egging us on and supporting us. Um, but I guess, you know, it's still, 
in general, society, our society doesn't support artists that much, right? So it, it does feel like going out on a limb. Yeah. Which so much of um, your new record, I feel like, is about um, your own journey, you know, and your own experiences with mental health and your own, um, you know, really like coming to terms and being an advocate for like being open about this stuff and talking about it. And I think it's just brilliant and so necessary. Um, I thought about this a minute ago when you were talking about the fact that you and your two friends who are about to get together. You like, we don't have bosses that tell us what to do, but the, the flip side of that is that we're all our own bosses. Right. And mm -hmm. we're all, and so what I wonder about and what I like to talk to people during these conversations about a lot is um, these in, internal voices, like the, our boss in our head who may be disappointed in our work ethic or maybe, you know, second, you know, talk about second guessing. It, these are the things we do internally. And, um, and so for you dealing with and thinking about and addressing, especially, you know, what you've been talking about, I wonder if you can talk about what you've figured out in terms of moving through those internally generated obstacles, you know, moving past the, um, the walls that we build up to keep ourselves from uh, being creative or just being, you know, happy, functional people in a creative world, in our creative world. Wow. Okay. We can talk about that all day, this all day. So let me try, try to, um, <laughs> let me try to choose which part of that question I want to focus on. I guess the first thing that comes to mind is, well, oh, this is quick. David and I work together as husband, wife, co-parents, co-creators co running a business together. And we just had this conversation in the car on the way here. Um, just like, how do you, merge those two voices and those two visions. David is so ambitious, so disciplined and wants to make four more records this year, even though we just made four records last year, literally, <laughs> I'm not joking. And I, meanwhile, am like riding this bipolar brainwave that I'm like on wonderful medications. I feel so supported, but I still wake up and can't get out of bed and make breakfast for my children some days. So that has been an interesting, like these different boss voices, because we're kind of the boss of each other because we're trying to co-manage things. Um, but all those dynamics as a then also partner and parent is, is, is challenging, but we're always working through it. That's one piece. But I guess more significantly for me, I've had this wonderful maturing of dealing with depression and all those voices that often come along with depression and that are so full of despair and negativity and self critique. And I wouldn't, you know, I can never be an artist. I'm never going to write. I'm not a good musician anyway, because look at all those guys who are better than me, all that stuff. Um, I've done so much work to, you know, see thoughts for what they are, know that I'm not my thoughts, all the stuff that the gurus tell us. Um, I've really worked on that. So now going into depression, if those thoughts come up, I just say no. And as my little daughter said the other day, like, I just send the scary thoughts to the back of the line. And I was like, ah, that's incredible. Yes, exactly. We all need to just send them to the back of the line because they're really not helping us in the front of the line. So I think I've just gotten to a wonderful new place. Even I was dealing with the, you know, just a slip down yesterday and just getting into the bed putting my pillow over my head like I used to do, but it's not dark anymore. It's just like, 
my brain is slowing down today. I don't know why I find it really annoying and I'm angry about it now, but it's just what it is. And then I know I'm going to come out and it'll maybe get a little buzzy and sort of in the hypomania realm, but also not trusting those thoughts as deeply as I once did. I don't know. I just don't, I'm just at a new place and it's not perfect. I'm not some enlightened being, but I'm a lot better at seeing depression for this slowing down, seeing mania for this like speeding up of the brain and not having it be like full of despair and then full of ecstasy. It's not, it's not like that for me anymore. It's been really helpful for making art because I don't like flagellate myself during depression anymore and say, Oh, I can't do anything, anything because look, I have a CD. It exists. I have a record. I like listened to it on the record player yesterday, the test press, like it exists. So I can't believe the voices as much anymore when they say like, well, you've never made a record. I did. So now they're just not, they just don't have as much sway. And I feel really grateful for that. Well, it's so funny when I hear, when I hear you say that, you know, there's voices in your head that say you're no good. And just as someone who's seen you play, I don't know, dozens, hundreds of times, however many times I've gotten to see you perform, like you're about as good as it gets. And, yeah. and it's just, but, but my point is that it's, it's so funny because those voices aren't rooted in reality and they're not, you know, they're not true representations of anything factual or um, anything that you can count on or trust or believe. But, it, and, but it sounds like what you're doing is really like um, letting yourself shed light on this and live in this moment and live the examined life. And, and it sounds like it's working. Yeah. I, I feel like, who would ever say like, Ooh, I wish I got one of the main mental illnesses, like bipolar or schizophrenia. Like no one would ever say that. I'm not saying that, but if you have been gifted with a certain type of brain that does strange things, it's your software system. So it feels so personal and it feels, it totally colors your entire experience. It's I've had to deal and, and try to understand what's going on because otherwise I'd be dead or I'd be addicted to some other substances to try to deal with it. Or it's the only choice that has some hope is to try to understand what's going on in there and, and, and deal with it. So I, and I think everybody needs to deal with what's going on in their head, despite if they, whether or not they have a diagnosis. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, because I think in, and now that I've done however, over a hundred of these, these interviews, nobody I, I did have one person who basically claimed that they're fine <laughs> even that i'm like i don't know but um everybody everybody wrestles with those voices the negative voices yeah so yeah we all we all have we all should be addressing and dealing with and shedding light on the dark corners of our mind but I love that about your new record. I really do think it's just so cool. And I mean, it's funny because when you compliment somebody on like their bravery or their vulnerability, it makes it sound like the record is like not fun, which it is. It's really fun and beautiful and sweet. And, and it's great to listen to. It's not like, you know, reading a textbook or something. <laughs> oh, I hope not. oh, that would be a bummer. Um, okay. So I'm wondering with, uh, with this wisdom you've shared, I'm wondering if you can, make an effort to distill it a little bit. Once you have kids, 
And it's been so sweet watching you guys become parents and then do all these things that seem like incredible to me, the, the level of parenting that you do uh, together and as musicians and incorporating your kids and letting your kids grow up in this crazy world of ours. I wonder um, if you could try and distill it. And in some ways, this will be asking you to sort of spin time backwards, but in other ways, it's sort of asking you to spin time forwards. And in the way you might give advice to your own kids, if you were to meet a version of Sue's at 21, but in today's world, uh, what advice might you give yourself? Are you going to bleep out this pregnant pause? No, the pregnant pause is sweet. It's important to know that you are considering the question fully. And Yeah. Um, I mean, because this has been my world, I'm going to, again, have two answers because it's what I would tell kind of the manic Sue's at 21 or the depressed Sue's at 21. Um, I think I would tell the manic Sue's, like all those fantasies you're having might actually come true. I fantasize about being an artist, making art, having people want it having a partner who is also an artist and kids and this whole world that I'd create, like that was part of my manic fantasies. And I think I'd tell my depressed self then who was totally shutting, shutting down all those fantasies you had two months ago during mania might come true. Like, hang on, they might come true. It's funny how, and, and I, I, I totally unrelated. I did an interview last night and the guy asked me that question. I'm like, oh, that's my question. And oh, I'll, cool. Not that what I did you say? Do you like to say here what you said there? Well, sure. I mean, but it's funny because it winds up so often being the answer, which is to tell your younger self, it's going to get better. Like, and because, you know, for me, so often it became, you know, the um, suicidal ideations and the idea that the world would be better without me. And I just wanted to tell myself, like, that's not true. It, and it's, and your future self is going to prove it to you. Mm -hmm. That's so sweet. I, I really love talking to you. And I really feel like you, even just the idea of you going out on a press tour to promote this new record, I feel like you are doing such a brilliant service to the world by being open about this stuff and talking about it and letting people know, like letting people like you and me, our younger selves, like the versions that are now out in the world, mm. just le letting them hear these words. I think it's just so beautiful. And mm. I mean, I know for sure when I was younger and still, I think even when you were younger, the stigma around even talking about mental health, even talking about, you know, not being, oh, well, God makes everybody perfect. Oh, really? Well, why am I so sad? You know, mm. or even hearing those words. I remember getting my diagnosis and I did, I had never heard the words bipolar disorder. I just hadn't heard them. I didn't, I'd heard manic depression. Like that sort of floats around in the consciousness, but it was like, what, <laughs> what are you talking about? And it felt so dire, of course. Well, it's really great. And I'm really grateful to you for all that you do and specifically what you're doing right now. I feel like it's uh you know, this is this is what you were put here for to make the world a, a brighter place. And thank you mm. very much, Suze. Thanks for joining me on Wheels Off. Oh, pleasure. Thanks so much, Brett. Hope I see you soon. 
I hope so too. All right. Thank you so much for listening to Wheels Off. Please be sure to rate and review the show on iTunes. That helps us appear higher in the search results and lets other folks know that it's a cool podcast to listen to. Also, as the kids say, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or anywhere else that you listen to shows like this so that you never miss an episode. This has been Wheels Off, and I'm Rhett Miller, encouraging you to create every day. Thanks, y'all. Hi, this is Chad Nicefield. And this is Justin Press. We're the host of Making Waves, the Shiprock Podcast, a part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. We're inviting you to sail away with us on an epic journey in musical enlightenment. Every week, we bring you only the best artists in rock music and discuss everything from the cruise to the stage to the saga of being a professional recording artist. We'll have lots of special guests along the way, so tune in every week. Your stateroom is available every Monday morning, so welcome aboard.